got a rant or should we just go into it? Are you buying the Apple HomePod? The what? The Apple HomePod. Uh, no, I don't know what that is. It, uh, what? Um, <clears throat> it's Apple's way of competing against the Amazon Alexa thingy and the Google Home. <clears throat> no. no I, I have an Alexa and I barely use it. You have an Alexa? Yeah. Why? Uh, I bought into the hype. That's a problem. Everybody knows Google's where it's at. Eh. Yeah, I guess. What? What do you? Whenever you have a question, where do you go? Uh, Wikipedia. No. Yahoo Answers. No. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me to never take your advice ever again. I love Yahoo Answers. Time out. Yahoo Answers is actually a really good thing. Like, it's it's a very good um, resource, but, like, it's really only good because of the amount of, like, toxic waste that's in there. Yeah, it's just funny. I mean, some of them are, like, legitly serious, though, but... It's fine. Well, okay, anyways, the only reason why I was asking is because it went up for pre-order today, and I think it's a huge waste of time, but whatever. And that's that's really all I had to say. I was hoping you were going to say, yes, I'm buying three of them, actually, but... No, I gotta... I'm trying to control the finances, you know, save for <clears> retirement, <throat> so, you know, I can uh, live happily at 65. For example, you know, I'm looking at games like Far Cry 5, I'm really stoked for it. I think it looks great, but I haven't even touched Far Cry 4 yet. And I saw Far Cry 4 drop down to like 20 bucks. So I'm like, eh, I'm just going to wait a year, grab Far Cry 5 at like 20 bucks. I love the way you just skipped over Far Cry Primal. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you keep, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it looks great. And people, you know, liked the game. You know, it was like a solid 85 or so on Metacritic. But just for me, what I enjoyed the most about three was just getting in a boat, whipping it around, you know, just the frantic action that only comes from modern technology and not primal things. So <laughs> from that standpoint, I was like, I don't know how much I'm going to like it. Right. <clears throat> I mean, I agree with that because, like, as we've discussed earlier in text message, like, I'm def- I'm definitely trying to spend the year this year trying to take take over – or wrestling with my backlog, you know, I'm now realizing that I'm making hand gestures at the camera and you can't see me, (laughs) but no, I feel the same way. Cause that that was my goal is get it, get on a game, stick with it till I'm done with it and then move on to the next thing. Right. And that's because I've, it's just, cause that's the reason why I'm not buying, um, uh, Monster Hunter Worlds, like, I mean, I know, that, yeah, whatever, we'll get into that later, but that's why I didn't buy it right away, that's why I'm not buying um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters, whatever it is. What Do we have an official on that yet? Like, I know they've talked about it, but what are we calling it? I think the official name is probably Fighter Z. I like Fighters. I mean, but, all right, so Fighters... Uh, that's why I didn't buy that because I know that it's going to drop and I, it, I have too many things that I need to play before that. I mean, 
<sighs> Jesus Christ, I have games to play. Yeah. Look, Monster Hunter, I'm getting it. The only reason why is because I was digging around on PayPal <laughs> and realized I had some money in there. So I was like, eh, I, I want to see what it is. Because I, I don't think the Monster Hunter games, they're, you know, primarily co-op based, just kind of running these hunts it's kind of like a, a smaller mmo it seems like and it seems like it's primarily multiplayer that's where people have the most fun with it so i'm cautious about buying games like that but i think the game just looks so good like it just looks amazing great art style and is capcom like doing something modern which they've done pretty well with like with re7 so i was like i'll give this a shot plus if i get it and it's good and then whenever you if you eventually get it we could get online and that would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, it, we just gotta, <clears throat> I just gotta fix my backlog. It's too big. I need to, it's dumb to just buy these games just to be able to talk about them, you know, whenever we can just wait a little bit and, you know, we'll be able to. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, same as, money. I'll, as I'll get into it soon, I'm working on the backlog as well and i'm planning on doing that primarily not like i don't i don't plan to get engulfed in monster hunter world right away but right we'll see what, what's up with it <clears throat> well with that being said so yeah dakota i got one question for you what you've been playing um <clears throat> finally finished wolfenstein um, oh nice yeah the the uh, the new order they had the new order finally finished wolfenstein the new order um started the old blood admit i'm playing it on the easiest difficulty i'm just trying to run through it i'm trying to be able to move on to the next thing and well yeah that's uh i played that um i played what else did i play Oh crap! I just I knew that we were going to talk about this, so I just thought about it. Um, I'll come back to me. But yeah, I, I basically oh yeah, I'll, I've been playing um, the uh, Old Blood, and I'm playing on the easiest difficulty. It's okay, same controls really, nothing too crazy yet. Um. But yeah, I'm just. I really wish. So the the games don't feed into each other because it's a prequel, correct? Yeah, Wolf. The Old Blood is a prequel. Yeah, I mean because it's a prequel that it's just like there's none of the choices I made in the previous one are going to affect this one because it's a prequel, correct? I don't believe so. Okay, that's what I'm wondering about. But um. Yeah, that's about it, really. Good deal. Some yeah. Quality stuff right there. Um, Not really. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Once I went back to the new order on my PC, like I, I was like, oh, man, I wish I had appreciated this game more the first time I played it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to try out the old blood to see, like, that kind of gameplay in the more old school style. It's kind of a bummer. You say it's not like as crazy, which that's the best parts of Wolfenstein is like those big, crazy action moments, you know? Right. And that's, that's 
like, I I like that, but I don't know. It's kind of. I'm not gonna lie. It's lackluster playing on such an easy difficulty. Yeah. I will admit that, but uh, I got to push through it because I want to get ready for the new Colossus. Hopefully, by the time that I actually get that and put that in my backlog, it's cheaper. Yeah, the, that's a good thing about the primarily single player games is their prices usually drop pretty quick, which mm-hmm. sucks because then they don't make as much money. And then it it's as we know, the single player game is dying, which is depressing, but. It is what it I mean, is. it is, but I don't. It, but it's dying, but it won't go away. Yeah, just need to put some microtransactions in it, and then we're good. Don't no. All right, moving on. Okay, so I have been playing two things since our last podcast. Uh, first up, I played through a game called Virginia. So it's a um, walking simulator. Uh, came out in like twenty sixteen. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool little game. If you can get it for on on sale, like six, $7, I'd recommend it. Um, it's like three or four hours. Um, it takes place in Virginia in 1992 and you play as an FBI agent who's investigating a missing boy. And then unbeknownst to your partner, you're also investigating them and like their activity in the FBI. What? Um, But what's really interesting is that it's, uh, there's no spoken dialogue in the game. So you learn the story through, like, reports that your character picks up and looks at. And then, like, just the actions of the characters in the world and in the, in these scenes. Um, so, that, I mean, it's they try to make it obvious, like, what is going on. Or at, le- at least obvious enough for you to form an I- idea about what's going on. And sometimes that subverts you. Because um, by the end of the game... It gets pretty crazy, and the ending is very, very open to interpretation. Mm. Um, so it's kind of frustrating because the first, like when I went through it, I was like, "What just happened? Like none of this makes sense. What just happened?" And then as I thought about it, and then started looking stuff up online, like theories online, and it kind of came together. But it's an interesting little game. It's got a cool art style, cool aesthetic. Um, it's like. It's this cool little Virginia town in early fall and when the sun rises and, you know, the leaves are changing colors on the trees. It just, it looks cool in this cartoony art, art style, so I dug it. What did you play it on? Uh, PS4. Hmm. Oh. I, it, it did kind of remind me of Firewatch solely because I I think it has a similar art style. But yeah, it's, it's a walking simulator, but it, it's not like the same kind of story, especially since there's no spoken dialogue. It, it's weird to me that you bring it up only because, um, I saw your, uh, tweet about it saying that you beat it. But the thing that's weird for me is that I, whenever firewatch came out, came out, which was what? 2015, I think 2015. Yeah. I think 2015. Early, early 2016. I believe. Maybe it was, but, uh, I just remember seeing like, not long after that, because I bought it on Steam, this game kept coming up in my Steam, um, like what we recommend for you. And I've I was always curious about it, but because of the reviews, reviews were extremely mixed. So because of that, I never bought it. But I always considered it, and then here you are and just randomly buy it and play it and beat it and yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely got mixed reviews 
I, I think a lot of people were turned off by the fact that nobody says anything. So it's it, in ways it's hard to follow. And the mm-hmm. story, the story just gets really weird. Right. So if you're, if, if you're a fan of like X-Files or Twin Peaks or you, you don't mind, mind having a confusing story, like I think you'll dig it. I mean, you could probably just YouTube it as well. Uh, there are better walking simula- simulators to spend your money on. Like? Uh, Gone Home. Uh, uh, I don't know. Fire? Okay. Never well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm saying for, for somebody that already has Firewatch. Definitely oh, okay. Firewatch and Gone Home. Like, those are your first two you need to get. For sure. Mm. I didn't really like Gone Home too much. I, I def- love it. I love it. Nah. That's that's just me. Did you play um, uh, the stories untold? Not yet. It's in my Steam library. It's ready to be started. Cause that's that's like along the same path as this. Cause there's no spoken dialogue in that either. I mean, actually there is, but it's all mostly through a screen. How long does it take to go through that? Maybe four hours. Okay, so that's there's a couple small games that whenever I have like a a good day off, I think I want to just run through. So I should probably do that. Maybe this weekend I can try to knock that out. Because I've been meaning to play it. Because I hadn't heard of it until you started talking about it, and then it's been showing up on a ton of end of the year lists. And I was like, oh shit, this is damn. So. You know, it's not very often, but every once in a while, I say some good shit. <laughs> Sometimes. Just saying. I, I should not have doubted you. Sometimes I'm well informed. You did good with Pony Island. Um, Dude, oh my god, Pony Island. I still love that game. I may replay that game. No, I got a backlog. <laughs> um, so other than that, um, the only thing I've been playing is Persona 5. So I'm trying to knock that one out. Um, and, and finish it. So I am 85 hours in. Um, when I got back into it, I was at like 70. And I thought I was maybe almost done. I'm like halfway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I, terrifying. I feel like there's a joke in here about like how long you've been playing it versus how long it took for them to actually like come out with the game. But I can't, yeah. <laughs> can't really think of one. Yeah, it is funny. Works out like that. <laughs> I'm hoping that, like, once you get powerful enough, you can kind of steamroll through some of the end stuff. Like, because I'm getting my social links or whatever they're called in this version pretty high up, getting some good ab- abilities to make battles easier. Um, so hopefully that's the case because I don't want to s- spend like another 80 hours. Like, 120 sounds good at this point to me. Mm hmm. <laughs> but I finished up the dungeon I was stuck in and then I'm about to start like putting together the investigation for the next one. Uh, we're coming upon some, some good clues. So been digging around with, uh, the mementos, which is like the, the procedurally generated side dungeon that you can mm-hmm. do as well. Uh, so I've been, uh, digging around in that and then, I've maxed out like a couple social links, so I've been having fun there. And then that's that's when stuff really starts to open up, and you get powerful abilities, and you can make powerful personas. 
So it's a great game. Like I, I, I love the fact that it feels so modern. Um, cause I remember playing persona three, which probably has some of my favorite characters and my favorite story and like the best setting and, and stuff like that. But gameplay wise, it was, it was pretty outdated and pretty archaic. And the tough thing about persona three is that they did a PSP remake, which mm-hmm. actually improved a lot of stuff, but it was, um, they changed it to like a visual novel, like for everything besides the dungeons. Hmm. So it like made a lot of the gameplay better <clears throat> in the dungeons and then outside like stripped away a lot of stuff. So that's something that people talk about online is like, there's never been that perfect version of persona three and they're like, remake it, have the best elements of all the different versions, put those together. So it's like actually awesome. But, but anyway, persona five. is great <laughs> as well. So that's what we get. Yes. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no, that, that's it. So hopefully next week, by then, I can have an update on a little bit of Stories Untold and a little bit of Monster Hunter World, see how that is. Or maybe you can just beat Story Untold and not have a little bit. Yeah, hopefully, ideally. More importantly, with all this, is I just realized that we never did an intro. We just immediately jumped in. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so after all that uh welcome to codec call z targeting's weekly gaming podcast i'm luke joined by dakota um you can subscribe on itunes google play store and soundcloud um look up codec call soundcloud.com slash z targeting and then follow us on z targeting 2016 on twitter and instagram um so yeah so welcome to the show <laughs> if you made it this far <laughs> If not, nah, darn. Well, I guess we missed you. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll have a more cohesive intro. But who knows? I like it without the intro. I think it was good. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Let's get into the news. Um, I guess a couple small news stories I wanted to touch on before we get into some, some big cool ones that I'm a fan of from this week. Um, the developer of Downwell got hired at Nintendo. So Dakota, do you know what Downwell is? Uh, I, th- yeah, that's the one. It's the one where you drop, right? Yeah. You're falling the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. So it's a pretty simple game, like old you school action fall. game. It looks, it looks eight bit. Don't uh, you really good. like this game? Yeah, it's really cool. I I love the graphics and the art set aesthetic. Um, and I think it kind of uh, opened the window for some other indie games like uh, Slime Son and Goner, which are, I think are on multiple platforms, but I got them on the Switch. They they look like they all look like really basic 8-bit um, style games, but it's it's they use that aesthetic in in a way to make it really dark and creepy and just kind of bare and and grave. And then they're just like really hardcore action games, like really old school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it paved the way for some other other games. So I'm excited to see him at Nintendo and hopefully make like some really cool, small little old school games with yeah. the like the official, you know, IP or something. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say the Nintendo sale of approval. Yeah, that would help too, probably. <laughs> but not a whole lot there. Um, another move, Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic, is now working at Square Enix. 
Mm. Which is really weird. Yeah. Because he, he had a company called uh, Prope, which is a weird-ass name. I can't remember any games that they did or what they worked on. I think they did, like, small stuff, maybe, like, mobile games, maybe some stuff that may, never made it out of Japan. So I'm curious what he's actually going to do at Square Enix. Like, if it's going to be any projects that are like, oh, this is Yuji Naka's next project, or he's just going to be a guy. Right. He'll probably be an important guy. You, I mean, it's a bit past his heyday, if I'm honest. So I think, he's, I think he's a fairly young dude. The picture I'm, I saw was young. Let's see here. Let's let's do some quick fact checking. He's oh, he's fifty two, but he looks young. Yeah, see, but uh, what I'm saying is like there hasn't been a good Sonic game in how long? That was what I was implying for the record. Did he work on him though? Uh, like, let's yeah. see. Oh, he worked on a lot of the bad ones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, so <laughs> <I> mean, who knows? <laughs> that's that's the only thing that I'm saying that he's a little past his prime in that category. But <sighs> still intriguing. Uh, to say yes, yes, yes. I mean, it, it it's yes, still intriguing, especially because it's square and not like like square has done some weird stuff so he maybe he can influence because like sonic whenever it was just 2d platforming it was i mean that wasn't exactly revolutionary but as it like progressed i'm not saying that was revolutionary but it took on some very odd characteristics like sonic making out with a human and stuff so because because of that, like I could see it, it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table with that sort of stuff in mind. Yeah, maybe I there, don't. There's definitely some weird games they're cooking up that he'll fit in with. So can I just say a new headline that I just saw? Yeah. Did you know that Nintendo is shutting down Mitomo? Oh shit! I forgot yeah. that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, like I was like. We didn't discuss this. Well, you know, I'm. I don't really care that much because, <laughs> to be honest with you, Mitomo was great I, because it was Nintendo's first uh, mobile thing. But their other mobile games, I'm much, much more interested in because they're actual games. Right, and I mean, Mitomo is really bad. Like it, it was interesting for a very short amount of time extremely so, short like i'm giving it two weeks yeah yeah two weeks <laughs> and then all you're doing is answering questions or asking questions and i mean i only had like two or three people on there max so like was, nobody was doing it nobody was getting into it right which it doesn't help but i mean there, and there's there's just not like enough fun stuff to do right i'm just saying that it is shutting down may 9th at 12 a.m pacific time well we got four and a half months to pound out as much Mitomo as we can. I'm, I think I'm good where I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, um, what do we got? PlayStation is introducing its competitor to Amiibo called Totaku, which are like Amiibo, but they don't do anything in video games, so they're just regular action figures. But what's funny is like all the news outlets were 
saying it's it's their you know competition to amiibo i think just because the boxes might look the same or like the stand like the they're all figures that are on the same kind of stand and they like they're proportioned right like amiibo it's i don't know what to say about this i mean i understand it though like somebody benefited with something you're going to try to jump in on that too but i i will say this i feel like this is bad for sony only because like okay i don't mean to like make fun of them twice in one episode but it's it's like sony is playstation is becoming the like apple sort of where like they don't come up with anything they just take it and slightly tweak it you know like this is this is just like with the the playstation move after nintendo came out with the wii and was like oh motion controls blah 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 they were like oh crap we got come up with something for that but tweak it a little bit so it's not exactly the same it's like sony-ish but yet it's the same thing you know but the thing is nintendo can afford to take risks because they have so much money in the bank right the thing is in the in sony's world on the business side PlayStation is like super profitable for them, or I don't know about profitable, but it's like they're they're most successful, the, like the biggest growing side right. of their business. But they've been struggling with a lot of other stuff. You know, they've had to close down some of their branches and like narrow their focus. Right. Um, like their so, movies are not exactly the best side of things. Yeah, and they did all kinds of electronics, and now they're kind of narrowing down the electronics they make. Yeah. I think the, their ahead, TVs. Their TVs like 4k and their oled have been getting a lot of good buzz so hopefully they can gain some momentum there i i mean i think that that's what it was that they were so um sony was extremely broad in their categories like you said and they need to refocus they because i mean crap what year was it 2014 2014 or 2015 they shut down their uh computer side of things so like i'm sorry i Sony computers were like generic. They were. I have two of them for crying out loud, but they were just generic. They they were built they were built well, but they weren't like nothing to write home about, you know? It was nothing yeah. special. So and yeah, they should have cut that one down. Um they, in my opinion, they shouldn't really make DVD players or Blu-ray players or anything like that because their consoles do the same thing, so they're kind of taking money away from that. So, like, why would you do that? But whatever, I'm not a businessman. I think I mean, their their phones aren't really relevant anymore. It, but it's like every once in a while they do an Xperia that has like one really cool feature, but like then nobody buys it. You're right, but I feel like every time I see like these Japanese people have phones, they're always Sony phones. Like. Well, never mind. I take that back because I just realized that the person that I'm talking about mostly is um, Kojima, yeah. and he's also like part of the Sony like corporation. So I could understand why he's not really advertising an app, an iPhone or something. So, yeah. Yeah. But so whatever. What, well, basically, what I'm saying is that they can they can't afford to take as many risks as Nintendo can. Right. So I understand, but it's still not great. I mean, I, I, this isn't a problem. I'm not saying, like, I don't do 
do I think that there's a market? Honestly, do I think that there's a market for statue like smaller statues that are actually like somewhat uh, affordable? Yes, me because like. I've been looking everywhere. I, I've always wanted to get into the statue game, but they're expensive, like really expensive. So for them to have like amiibos, the, one of the things that I think is cool about amiibos is that they're cheap and they actually do something. So yeah. for them to just not have something involved, but you like if you're still somebody that wants to get involved with statues, like it's kind of that cool little thing. It's right there in the middle. I mean, do I wish it did something? Yeah, sure. I also think that's kind of cool that they're the bases are like puzzle pieces. So I feel like you could like maybe puzzle them together. Yeah, and one thing that I like about Amiibo, well, it's the Nintendo characters, but the fact that it's a really consistent like art style and like yeah. box style and all that stuff. It 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 hooks collectors i think because they they look like they're part of a collection right and this new sony stuff kind of hits that too so i think it's at least smart from that point that it's a it's a collection of sony stuff that people are going to want to buy more than one from that group okay let's okay so since we're here let's go ahead and ask our resident collector if he'd be interested in them so let me talk to luke luke are you there uh uh, hello. Yes. Uh, are you interested in these PlayStation 4 Amiibo, but not really Amiibo statuette things? How many are you going to buy? The only one I'm looking at is the Bloodborne one. Uh, You're such a liar. Well, the thing is, is I don't really want any of the other characters. So they're going to do, do more. So if they have other cooler characters, like a, are they doing a Sly Cooper one? I would get a Sly Cooper one. They're definitely going to do a Sly Cooper one. I don't know what's in that first wave, though. I don't know. Okay, the point is, is that I'm telling you right now, you're getting the Bloodborne one. You're definitely going to get the um, God of War one. I feel like I may convince you to do the Sackboy one. Uh, and then maybe on top of that, Parappa the Rapper. But I could, I could see you backing off of that one. Well, I might get that Kratos one because I like his new art style. See, that, and that's what I'm saying, like right there. Because I was going to say, you've just been talking about how you're so hyped for God of War. Tell me you're not going to buy that as well. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to this little <laughs> website called Amazon. You're going to go, oh, pre-order God of War. And then it's going to be like, are you interested in our Amiibo that aren't really Amiibo things? And you're going to be like, oh, crap, there's a Kratos one. Let me bundle that together. Wait, that reminds me. I'm not going to get hooked on them because – they're made by ThinkGeek, which is owned by oh, GameStop. Oh, shut up. So I'm going to have to get them on the GameStop website, and I hate using that website. So they're not going to be on Amazon, so I'm not going to buy them. I don't – I – so this is hmm. – okay, so I feel like I, I want to argue your thing, but I'm not – I don't have enough evidence to support – I don't have enough evidence to suggest that. Does ThinkGeek not sell on Amazon? Well, this is where I'm getting at. Well, let's look that up. But if they're owned by GameStop, I don't think so. Let's see. No, they sell their stuff on Amazon. I'm looking at an official Minecraft for, foam sword from the official ThinkGeek 
store. Oh well, I'm doomed. Yeah, so you're you're literally <laughs> There's a D20 coffee mug on Amazon from Think Geek. There's uh, a Millennium Falcon thingy from Think Geek. A watch from Think Geek. Uh, radioactive elements glowing thing from Think Geek. Nintendo wall graphics. Super Mario Bros. from Think Geek. Man, tell me you're not buying this crap. That's kind of nice. Okay. <laughs> Enough about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm probably going to end up getting maybe one or two. Or five. We'll see. Um, in other gaming merchandise news, one thing that I'm definitely way more interested in is a new pair of Paul George signature st- shoes from Nike that's a collaboration with PlayStation. And you're not kidding about this. I'm not kidding about this. Okay. So, so let me give a little background on PlayStation and Nike. They've done multiple collaborations. I think they did a, a shoe that was like PlayStation and EA. Um, that was like a Nike like trainer, like geared for like football. Um, but the most uh, infamous pair is is uh, the PlayStation Air Force Ones, which let me look up what those are going for right now. Those are a super, super rare pair of sneakers. So let's see. PlayStation Air Force Ones on Flight Club. Oh, they don't even have them. Are they even on eBay? Let's see. <laughs> I meant to look this up before the show. Yeah. Oh, we probably should have done that. They're worth two thousand dollars. I mean, okay. So where? What website are you on right now? Okay. Um. There. I just went to StockX, which is like a, a sneaker, like sale analytic website there is a pair of size 12 playstation air force ones on ebay right now um buy it now for forty five hundred dollars do do me a favor go ahead and look up how much the 20th anniversary edition playstation 4 is Uh, about a thousand uh that one must be opened because there, there's a lot for like sixteen hundred to two thousand. My point is that none of this matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the PlayStation <laughs> Nike collabs are kind of legendary, so that's why it, my attention got drawn to this. Paul George used to play for the Pacers, so repping that Indiana. Um, apparently, he's a huge gamer, so um, that's why he wanted to do this. Um, I thought the first Paul George sneakers were really dope. These I don't like the design quite as much, but I think they're still they still look good. Um, so they're going to be hard to get limited quantities. They're only going to be like 120 bucks or something like that. So they're, they're at retail they're going to be affordable, but they're going to be hard to get. So I, I may the day they come out, I may try to get them. We'll see if I'm successful or not. Probably not. I mean, but what else do they do? They're just shoes that light up. Oh yeah, so they got the PlayStation logo on one of the tongues. You can they light up. Um, they have a code on the, or they have a barcode on the back of one shoe that unlocks an exclusive theme for your PS4. Okay. So, <laughs> <sighs> Let, oh my god. Like nothing too crazy, but is that it? 
I think that's it. Oh, I hate this <laughs> so much. I mean, okay, time out. I'll take that back. It's kind of cool for the rarity and the exclusivity, but uh, do something. This is almost as bad as the Pizza Hut shoes. No, this is nowhere near. This Are is not even in the me? same discussion. The, the PlayStation shoes did. I mean, the uh, Pizza Hut shoes did something. You could order Pizza Hut with them. No, that's whack, though. The, how is that? How is that any more whack? Luke, you are paying a hundred and ten dollars for a dynamic PlayStation theme. No, I, I, it's not about the theme. It's not about what it can do. It's it's about the, the legacy of PlayStation and Nike collaborations. It's not about that. None of the Nintendo shoes were worth this much. Well, they they sold out. They were hard to get. They, they were, were very semi- hard to get, but they're not this much. They and they they don't do anything. I'm not spending this much money on a shoe that doesn't do anything. That only gets me like I wanted to like have have a USB port on the back of it. Let me plug that thing into my PlayStation so I could use it as the controls for my PlayStation VR. Thank you. God, I should be like an inventor. For- That's what you want your shoe to do. Why not? No, I'm saying to where you can like, like if you're wearing the shoe, you can walk in VR with the shoe. Okay, now you're just. These are insane. Well, not insane. Uh, a lot to ask. How is that a lot to ask? They have VR. Try to sell something that nobody. Well, okay, uh, that's probably what they were thinking. Only three people have it. Have PlayStation yeah, VR. So you have two, and the play, president of PlayStation has one. <laughs> No, I have one, Greg Miller has one, and then Shuhei Yoshida has one. <laughs> That's it. That's absolutely it. Okay, but no, I'm not going to get these shoes because I need to save money. And you have a backlog. Moving yeah, on. and I have a backlog. I don't need a shoe to <laughs> take me from the backlog. Taking up space in my backlog. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so those were the small news stories that ended up taking a really long time. So let's get into the the, the meat of it. The big games. Um, first up, I, probably the shortest one. Um, today, an article went up on Kotaku from Jason Schreier getting all the scoops, uh, giving a little bit of insight into Anthem's development. Um, he described what his sources um, have said, that it's it's definitely challenging. Game development is very hard. The, the scope of this project is going to be really big, but they're they're still optimistic and they're making progress. The game's been cooking for a while, so they're coming along. Um, but what the article was mainly about uh, is what this game means for Bioware. If it isn't successful, like, what is EA going to do? Because they've shown that they're pretty ruthless. Um, these these big open, not open world, but uh, shared world, uh, multiplayer cooperative shooters like Destiny... You know, it's it's been a struggle. Destiny's definitely struggled since it's come out for both the first and second edition to keep content coming out, keep people playing, not scam them on, you know, the various scams that they've had. Um, so it's been challenging. And some games have been successful, some haven't. So that's, that's the kind of resounding worry that if this doesn't turn out to be a long-term success, what's going to happen to Bioware? Um now, I, I do not, absolutely do not want to see Bioware shut down because they've made some of the best RPGs of all time. And they're obviously very talented people. So I want this game to be successful for sure. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, uh, it. I hate EA. Yeah, because this isn't what it should come down to, you know. Like we've seen so many studios, as soon as they put out one game that, like, gets a seventy-five on Metacritic or some kind of backlash or whatever, and they shut the entire studio down, like, it, we, no, nobody's gonna be making games if you just keep shutting people down, you know? Right. Like, and making games has got to be one of the most complex things you can do. Like, it's the amount of work, the amount of man hours that go into these things, you know, it's it's insane. So, I don't know. I think projects need to be scoped more intelligently. But as gamers, you know, we ask for all the, like, 4K graphics, 60 frames a second, 100 hours of story, all this stuff that just isn't realistic with the technology we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it sucks because it's like, as much as I hate to admit this, it's uh, it's kind of like EA is such a dominant force that it's like somebody arguing with Disney. Like you're yeah. not you're not getting anywhere with this because they've they they can single handedly bring so many different uh, companies, different developers, any of that. They can bring them all down in just one massive hit, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because us, even as a, a republic of gamers sort of thing. Oh crap! We may get a call from Asus for that, but. A democracy of gamers. Um, yeah, a democracy. There we go. Then we like even that won't be able to keep these companies from just falling apart because EA has such an overreaching authority. It's just it's it's annoying because there's nothing you can do. Like yeah. as much as I want to have a continued discussion about this, it doesn't matter. I just, I think um, Bioware is a good candidate to make a very successful Destiny-like oh, game. Yeah. So I've got faith in them. Because if, if they deliver a game, you know, similar to Destiny, but has more content, more, you know, stuff coming out down the road, can keep people more engaged. Like, we've, we've seen how big Destiny got on what is definitely a flawed, you know, game, flawed structure. Um, like it, it could be massive. Like a ton of people play the division for, you know, a good amount of last year or 2016, which, you know, that game came out at 65, 70, you know, or 6.57 reviews and eventually through updates got better. So people like these types of games. Um, I think if they do a few things, right, it could, it could make a big impact. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, if anybody can do it, it's definitely uh, Bioware. Uh, on the other side of that, too, uh, if everything goes downhill, you really just hope that Bioware does the same thing that IO Interactive did with um, Square. Whenever Square got rid of them, they were able to keep you know the rights to Hitman and able to do their own thing with Hitman. And they did such a good job with Hitman. So yeah. that's, that's really all you can hope for is that outcome. But... On the okay, go ahead because what I was gonna say was a joke. Well, the last <laughs> thing you know, 
if something unfortunate <clears throat> does happen to Bioware, I think they've got enough recognition that that the the people from that studio could, you know, start their own thing. We've seen it with you know Obsidian, um, the guys doing a, a what's it called Divinity Original Sin, but you know those were initially kickstarted. So um, I think they could they could make their own indie studio and and keep going at least. Hopefully. I mean, that's, but I, I can definitely see that being the case. Like, Bioware has such a good track record with their stuff that I think they'll be fine. Can I say my joke now? Yes. So, on the plus side of that, did you read the story about um, the a guy from Kotaku um, falling in love with Devrim K from Destiny 2? Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's just funny because like I was just scrolling through it. And it says the two of us falling in love was inevitable at one point. And it's really funny because like he it's funny because he just talks about like like how the game is like going gone downhill so quickly and microtransactions this and stuff like that and he's like but it doesn't matter because as long as you just stay up here with him and just listen to him talk and shoot things with him and stuff like that like he none of that stuff matters oh my god i just think it's funny and then i was reading the comments and then one guy was one guy commented which i've also found funny uh he was like i never could get close to devrim he once offered me tea and never produced playing with my tea emotions (laughs) i'm sorry okay continue next topic okay what what was next oh uh, also um in that article they kind of revealed that a new dragon age is in the works so hopefully that one's good. I enjoyed Inquisition a bit. It didn't live up to the first one. Like the first Dragon Age I thought was fantastic. And I had a good time with Inquisition. So hopefully this new one's cool. Hopefully. But that's certainly going to be a long ways off. Um, another big piece of news from this week. Xbox is kind of re not reinventing, but setting a standard for their their game rental service, online rental service, with Xbox Game Pass. They just announced that Microsoft exclusive Xbox games are going to be available on Xbox Game Pass the same day they release, you know, the full game at no additional cost. So the service is $10 a month. So theoretically, you know, it, if you were going to get Forza 7 and um, what else, like Halo Wars 2 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you bought both those games at full price. For that same price, you could get Xbox Game Pass for the entire year, get both of those games, as well as every other game on the service. So, I mean, I think this is a, a big move. I don't know if it's going to prompt Sony to do something similar on PlayStation Now. I don't think they really need to, and I think this is, you know, Microsoft's starting to get backed into a corner, but it, as gaming, if we eventually move to like a Netflix style service, Netflix, you know, streaming mm-hmm. type distribution, you know, this, this is something that could make it really legitimate and a really good value. Unfortunately. It just, I, internet speeds need to catch up. That's the main thing. I mean, my internet speed is fine when it's not on the fritz. Verizon, okay. looking at you. <clears throat> no, my um, no. Where was, I don't know because I don't. 
like this is a really cool idea. Don't get me wrong. Like really cool idea. I like it a lot. But and I feel like you may agree with me on this. I still want the box. Oh yeah. Right now I'm still <laughs> stuck on having the physical collection. You know, I've been kind of toying with the idea of getting away from that. Um, it was really the PS4 that that pushed me towards it because um, when I got it, there was a lot of good indie games coming out, and I got stuff for free with uh, PlayStation Plus. So before I knew it, I had a bunch of um, you know small games that I got mm-hmm. digitally, and it was super super easy. You know, just go in there and download it right away, and it's it's there. And I was like, man, this is really really convenient. I don't have to change the disc or nothing, but having that physical collection is is still something that I, I think I'm attached to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I I still want to be able to go to uh, GameStop or the mom and pop stores. There we go. I want to go to like the mom and pop stores, look at you know classic games and so on and so forth. I I I'm I'm not a big games is a a streaming service. Proponent, I I don't. I'm fine with the way things are. I don't really want to go past that, especially because like I feel like the issue is is that it's the same argument that we have with digital sales now, where everybody wants to say that because you're buying digitally, they don't have to pay for the all the extra fees. So then you that savings should be passed along to the consumer. And because of, but we're still paying $60 even for a digital game. Like if you go to GameStop and buy the digital download code, you're still paying $60 for that code. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting a box. You're not getting the CD that you would normally pay $60 for as that. So I think that if the issue, if we are going to go to a streaming service, that's going to be cheaper because you're not paying for all the extra stuff then we definitely need to like it better be cheaper like we need to have that conversation where things would be cheaper now i'm not talking about the bundling sort of thing because that's just a little bit of a different story here but if we are doing where you now have to do everything pretty much digitally as a service then the savings should be passed on to us the consumer in my opinion one thing I worry about though is with how, you know, cheap this is. Like, I mean, how good of a deal this is. Um, is this going to shortchange, you know, Microsoft's like budgets on their exclusive titles? Are we going to start seeing them get smaller yeah. and smaller? I guess oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, once like see if these and Crackdown and whatever come out, is this going to affect sales or not? Right. I'm curious to see how that how that uh, plays out. I mean, yeah, that's something else. Another thing else is then, like, I'm because I'm thinking about storage now. Like, do you do you have a memory card in your Switch? Yeah, you do. Okay, I don't. I should, but don't. So I'm I'm like now how so yes you may not be paying for okay this is a little bit of an arbitrary argument but you're not paying for the cd for it to be like for instance my playstation right it has let's go back to the first playstation 4 i had which only had a 500 gig hard drive in there and i had to delete things all the time now do 
is there going to be a way that I can save those to, you know, a cloud storage unit that I don't also have to pay for in order to have those games available at all times? And then if so, or is there going to be a way for me to get hard drives more cheap? I don't know. I'm just thinking like with having things as a service or having things where you digitally download all the time, like that's going to – that now opens up the door for so many other things to go up in price or fluctuate so much because the demand is now going to be so much higher. Does that make sense? Do, am I making sense? Uh, in a way, yeah, I think. Okay. Because companies may go back to the Vita mentality. If everything is all digital, they make their own memory card. So then you can't get a SD card for super cheap and you need to get their memory card and you're going to need it because everything's digital and you need the space. Right. Which that totally sucked on the Vita and everybody hated it. So I, I don't see companies going back to that. I mean, yeah. And I, you can always like, and that, that cause that was a small, like that was a different sort of issue. I understand like, yeah, it still relates, but the PlayStation, you can put your own hard drive in there. Like I can go to Best Buy right now and get a hard drive that I can put inside there and call it a day. But now am I just going to be overflowed with like hard drives because I have all this stuff that I want to be able to save and back up and have for later to where every time I want to, I mean, because games are not getting smaller. So you're going to now need, I mean, uh, what was the Halo? The Halo had an update for like a hundred and twenty something gigs. Yeah, like you're gonna need terabyte hard drives like crazy, and a terabyte hard drive is at hundred and twenty something gigs is only gonna hold at the most. Oh wait, no, that's a yeah eight at the, games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, did I ever tell you what happened with me and Forza Seven? It blew up. No, so no. Um. As soon as I got my Xbox One X, I installed Forza 7 on it. So that took a really long time to download, 100 gigs. And then after the holidays, came back home and I was like, I want to I want to get back into that and race a couple more races, finish the championship. So I guess I did play a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. But that's beside the point. I open it up and it says, you need to download a 100 gig update. What? And I'm like, what the fudge? Um... So I was looking into it. I couldn't find any anything related to this issue online except um, when the game was like in – before it came out, people were preloading. You know, you you'd buy it digitally and then you can preload it. Right. And people were saying that it downloaded and then the download stopped and then they had to re-download everything. So it got like to almost 100 gigs. Their download got interrupted and it made him do it all again. So I'm wondering if there was some update and then it, it cut out in the middle of it and then it made me re-download everything. But I was like, what the F? Dang. Speaking of Forza, though, should we talk about Turn 10? Or wait, which, wait, no, which one is it? What's the Horizon one? Play, playground? Yeah, Playground making an open world game. Yeah. Oh, let me finish up this story real quick. Oh, yeah. And then we'll go to that because I forgot about that. Um, in in uh, Microsoft's like press release about this announcement, they hinted at a new Gears. They said any, any new Halo, any new Forza, or any new Gears game is going to show up on Xbox Game Pass. So they're, I guess, sort of saying 
There's a new Gears in the works, which I'm stoked for. I really enjoyed Gears 4. No, Gears 4 was superb, dude. Superb. Like, that was a really good game. It has, yeah. it has its flaws, but... Overall, I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, and especially it, it benefited a lot from a down de- from a down year, in my opinion. Yeah. Like yeah. that was my game of the year for crying out loud. Like last year, and by last year I mean not this past year, but 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like that's crazy, because I would have never picked a Gears to be my game of the year. Which I I, I think it improved. Uh, Maybe not improved, but it just did all sides super solid. Single player, co-op, and multiplayer. Oh, multiplayer. Everything was solid. Right. And it, and it was just as good as it needed. It wasn't trying to be like, oh, my God. Like, it's not like Halo where they're like, okay, now we're going to put in a gun-wrenching story. Like, no, you don't need that. Like, it's a good story. Don't get me wrong. And it and it's like it has its ups and its downs. But it wasn't anything like, oh, my God, this is overly gripping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that Halo was just like, oh, my our first story was so good. Let's we got to keep hitting on that Cortana, this and Cortana, that. And now they're breaking apart. And oh, my God. And like all this, this and this. And now now he's a bounty hunter. Like, you know what I mean? It's it, yeah. Now time the travel. Game, yeah. The game was gripping with its really intense like action segments. Right. Which I started it up and played like a mission or two in 4K on the one X. And it oh, my God, that game is beautiful which even normally it's it's super super uh incredible graphics but on 4k man oh god right it's no it's uh anyways uh yeah i i'm hopefully they were not just hinting at a gears and hopefully they are actually like working on a gears which i don't see them for no reason not working on gears yeah well, hopefully this year at E3 or soon we get some announcements from Microsoft because their first party lineup is growing increasingly bare, especially once Sea of Thieves and Crackdown come out. They basically have nothing. Um, but one <laughs> Microsoft exclusive that has been rumored now is that uh, Playground Games, the guys that did uh, the Forza Horizon series, are developing a new Fable, which a very interesting piece of news considering Lionhead just got shut down and their Fable game canceled and now we're coming back with a different developer. Yeah. But I guess that's how things go. Where was EA in on this? Yeah, they must they must have been conspiring. <laughs> like, it's uh it's I don't know how I feel about this yet. I mean I'm confident it'll be a great game or at least a really good game. Because, I mean, Playground, from a technical standpoint, you know, they're, they've are they been making some of the most impressive console games in the last couple of years. Uh, how many Fables games have they made? You know... How many Fable games do they sit down and, like, have their input on? R- right now, I'm being optimistic because I think about how Gorilla went from Killzone to Horizon and absolutely murdered it. And it was right. fantastic. Okay, I'll give it to that. Because, you know, maybe Microsoft saw the Playground guys and saw them held back by the racing genre because there's not a whole lot you can, you know, really do there right. to to 
tell a story or build characters or build an open world. You know, they have their open world horizon games, which is a, a open world racing game, which doesn't really let you, you know, explore or, or dig into stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, they, they've had amazing looking games that are running on four, like full 4k now on the Xbox one X. So they got the technical chops down. I mean, so maybe they're ready to, to make a single player story. And the, okay, your your guerrilla games argument really that okay that was a good argument. I'm <laughs> I'm just the the story on um, IGN about like what they want. I completely agree with, and especially like the very bottom, the last portion that they were talking about was uh, pull from Breath of the Wild, like an open world open concept of a fable game just that sounds awesome to me like i mean i understand that fable was already open world but it was very uh, it was a extremely linear open world yeah like you were going one path and one path only and that was that was the way it was and the pass opened up to bigger areas that had other more branching paths that took you to other places that were still along the path. But so that would be, yeah, that would be a cool little idea. I don't know. It, it's hard for me because like, I mean, I think you know this, but I've always enjoyed the fable series. I loved, loved the first fable. It was so good. Um, and I, I just don't. I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm nervous at the same time. Like I don't want. It, I feel like Fable has been tossed through the mud, and roughed up so much, and it's very very saddening saddening to me. Especially after that stupid Fable Fortunes game. I mean, I know that it didn't come out and it was canceled, but what? there i'm done now <laughs> yeah this could be their chance to redeem it i don't know but i, I what has play playground made anything other than the horizon series i don't think so but let's fact check that okay i, I was gonna say i don't think so either. nope forza horizon one two and three yeah see and so with that being said i would I would like for them to I, – I, I'd like to see what they can do. I could see them being like – I don't know. I guess I really wish I knew the in what context Playground was was given the rights to do Horizon, Forza Horizon. You know, like I wonder if they were like, hey, we have this idea we of doing an open world game. And they're like, well, Horizon's doing really good. Go ahead and make an open world on that. Or if it was like – hey we need somebody to do this open world game who wants to do it and playground was like yeah we'll take it you know what i mean like because that changes things if they if if they were doing cars and they were like hey let's just make this an open world and give it to them then that's one thing or if they were like hey we have these cars let's take our idea of this open world aspect is that does that do i make sense again <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It, it depends on if if Playground was about the open world, then great. If Playground was about the cars and then somebody else is like, hey, why don't you guys try to do it in an open world? Then that's a little bit of a questionable move there. 
So yeah, hopefully I, Playground's idea was was the open world and not the cars. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that they probably were held back by the racing genre, and then they wanted to apply everything that they can do to something more grand. And that would be that, and that's fine. I mean, I wish Peter Molyneux was involved in it somehow, but. I, you know what? At this stage, part of me thinks that may not. That's probably a good thing he's not. Yeah, at, at this point. Did you, yeah. did you ever hear how? I can't remember which one it was, but did you ever hear how he got like fired from which one was it? Maxis? Was it which one? Which one did he find? Not Maxis. Bullfrog. Maxis. Which one? Bullfrog. Did, was it Bullfrog that he got fired from? Let's fact check. God dang it. <laughs> so I can't remember what budget, whatever. It doesn't matter. But before he went to find start Lionhead, he um he was fired from his previous employer and he like how he got fired was like a really funny story. Granted, this is Peter Molyneux, so we're not entirely sure how accurate it is. But he, I guess he got like super drunk and he sent an email to like the president and was just like, I don't want to be involved with you anymore. Like, you're such a piece of shit and all this other stuff. And then like he came to work the next day and they're like, dude, you quit. And he was like, no, I didn't. And the guy was like, all right, well, you're fired now. Uh, yeah, so according to Wikipedia, he was thinking about leaving Bullfrog on a night of drinking. Yeah, there it is. He brought this up, and then he typed out an email, and before he could stop him, a coworker hit send. <laughs> and then That's what it was. He tried to explain it, and they were, the, the relationship was tense afterwards. <laughs> like, only Peter Molyneux would be fired from a badly, from a strongly worded email. And he went on to do Lionhead, which anyway. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Last big bit of news. Oh crap! This is the big one too. This is my personal favorite. Um, we finally have the release date for God of War. Oh PS4. no! You didn't even bring it up. That's not well, even what? what we were talking. Wait, what were you talking about? Uh, Nintendo Labo. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo teased a new announcement for kids, and immediately everybody thought it was the virtual console online. Um, so it turns out to be something that nobody expected. Nintendo Labo, where it comes with cardboard and you fold it into a piano or a robot or something. Bird, and then, uh, or chicken, I guess. All kinds of stuff. Man. And, and then you can uh, play with it on your Switch. Which, if you watch the trailer, it looks way cooler than how I'm describing it. Well, yeah, watch the trailer. Like, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the trailer, then there's a lot of problems going on right now. So, I mean, watching it, I was like, this is going to be huge with, like, kids and education. And, like, I mean, schools could use this in, like, elementary (laughs) or, I mean, early, like, tech classes or, Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, intro to engineering type things. Um, am I gonna buy it? No. What? I'm not gonna be folding cardboard to Are make Are you a kidding bird. me? Am I gonna be making birds out here, dude? <laughs> That's the least significant one by a mile. 
But, I mean, I pre-ordered it. Really? Yeah. Shit. No, time out. I did... I pre-ordered it with the intent of thinking that pre-orders are probably going to go decently quick. Like, I didn't expect it to just fly off the shelves, but I figured they would go decently quick. And yeah, I anticipated actually selling out. Yeah, and I, I expect, like, at least the first couple go-arounds selling out. So I yeah. pre-ordered it while it was available, just that way, if I wanted to, I can just change my mind later. But I don't... <clears throat> so, um... Growing up, though, this is a small little story, which made me this. This is what made me think that it may be a hit. And um, but growing up, I had a couple of friends in my like neighborhood, and one of the things that I never figured out was like after Christmas they would always ask me for my boxes, and I never understood why. I couldn't figure it out. Like I had no idea. And then I spent the night at their house one time. And whenever I spent the night at their house, they had all of their cardboard boxes, like, cut up, and they would put them on and, like, fight with them. It was weird. <laughs> okay? But at the same time, I was like – like, at the time that was happening, I was like, that's a really cool idea to, like, make a toy out of another toy almost. Like, that's an awesome idea. And they – then on – Another thing that they did was they were really big into Star Wars. Unfortunately, we won't get into that. But they were really big friends of, I mean, fans of Star Wars. And another thing that they would do is they had an ongoing battle with their dad. How this battle happened, I'm not quite sure. But they had each person. So it was two two kids and the dad. So three total people. And all of them would, you know, the like styrofoam that you get with your um. Like with electronics and stuff, like your TV, they put it on the corners that way it'd stay safe and everything. Yeah, they took that styrofoam and they built bases out of that that styrofoam, and they would put characters like um, action figures of Star Wars characters on this styrofoam, and they would build their bases up. So like the dad had his base in his corner, the kid had his in the other one, and the other dude had his in another corner, and like. They would battle over this. Like I said, I'm not quite sure how that happened. But, like, they used the pieces to build more things. And you can't tell me that those two kids in this entire world were the only two people to put make robot suits out of cardboard and build bases out of styrofoam, was my point. Therefore, I think that this may be very, very clever. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, that was a long story to get around to that point, but I I don't I think that as long as Nintendo does not try to make this a home run, it will be fine. Like this is just a small little thing that like it, it's just an extra thing that the console can do. It's not it, like it's not work it. <sighs> It's not a make it or break it sort of a thing. This is like a, hey, here's something you can do with this. And I think that in the terms of what other companies do with it can change things as well. Like, it, I mean, with the robot, if they make a robot fighting game that you build your own robot out of cardboard and start going at it, 
then like that would be a cool idea if maybe the um god dang it i if maybe you know you use one of the uh i mean you take the cardboard and you build a sword out of it and the sword is the master sword from zelda and you use that to go and it's kind of like a skyward sword sort of a thing then you know <laughs> you can like that can sell things it did i think that it all depends on who what companies use it as a means to follow their games and who doesn't and but i also think that the education side of things will definitely go up like that will be a hit on the education side yeah i mean there's really limitless potential what they could do with this and it it's not going to be a big financial burden since it's cardboard um so it's not going to make or break it which is good like i think the the 3D on 3DS kind of made it or broke it and it ended up probably holding not breaking it but holding it back right from what it could do I mean it wow. it's we'll have to see another friend of mine I showed him and he was like you're paying six seventy dollars seventy sixty seventy seventy six sixty nine dollars comes out four twenty oh, yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. God dang it. So you're paying $70 for cardboard? My The guy that I showed, he was like, that's like marketing genius. And I was like, I know, right? I know, right? I mean, if I had kids, I would definitely get it. I think it's excellent for that. But just myself, I'm not going to be doing anything with it. I, I mean, if like I said, I pre-ordered it just to see really – I mean, whether or not I get it is a different story. I do think that it's a cool idea, though. I do not think that this is by <laughs> they they everybody freaked out about it and was like, "Oh my god, N- Nintendo's you know gimmicks, gimmicks, gimmicks!" Like it get over it. I mean, it's definitely something that was totally unexpected. Exactly. Don't don't knock it before you try it. Moving on. So. Yeah, it's cool to see them, you know, be innovative. Okay, so as I hinted at, um, <laughs> my personal favorite piece of news is uh, getting the um, release date for God of War. It's been rumored that it was coming out soon. I think it may, like, Sony may have had a date in mind, and then it ended up getting pushed back a little bit, but they never <laughs> announced it because they don't want to delay stuff, which was smart. Um, so... Along with Nintendo Labo, uh, God of War is coming out on uh, April twentieth. So uh, glad to finally see this. Sixty nine ninety nine. No, not at sixty nine ninety nine. <laughs> um, but I am super super stoked for this. You know, people were saying the game is in trouble because we really haven't seen a whole lot of it, and I'm really hoping that it it's a case of them holding back the surprises because this is a big change for the series. And I'm really hoping it's it's just going to be a very surprising game. Because um, we've really only had like three trailers. And I don't even know if it's really even been playable. Maybe just like behind I, closed doors and stuff. I don't think it's been playable almost at all. Because <clears throat> I think the story looks super interesting. I'm really glad. Like with this last trailer that they put out the same day they announced the date. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer was great. Because it kind of added some context to why you're doing what you're doing and why your son is with you, et cetera. Um, and it looks like it has some really great action moments. 
So I'm confident the story and the storytelling and the character development is going to be cool. Um, but we really haven't seen in-depth on the combat. Because um, it's switching it up uh, from the top-down, more button-mashing-oriented action. And, and it looks to be um, maybe closer to Dark Souls, like behind the back. Um, which... It doesn't seem like a big change, but I think um, it, it, it playing that for the entire game is going to be a big change from the old ones. So mm-hmm. yeah, we really haven't had impressions on that, but we'll see. I mean, I I watched the um, the trailer. It was definitely interesting, but I, I, at the same time, like I'm, I'm just waiting to play the game at this point. Like you showed me enough, I don't need to know much more. I, I'm, am hoping that it has more RPG elements, like we saw in the first trailer, whenever they first announced it. Where like, I don't know, he killed something. And it was like, oh, your X skill goes like plus two. Like I'm hoping that the RPG elements are definitely featured more. Um. But, I—I uh, mean, it's God of War. There's not much really to say. Like, I hope that it's a—I—I I hope it's a game. It's really about it. I, I just—I <laughs> really hope that it's a game. There's going to be some big surprising moments because <clears throat> when we've seen games kind of rolled out like this, um, very secretive. Mm-hmm. It's either because they're really bad, or they've got some big surprises. Right, and I'm I'm hoping it's the more positive one. I think that's definitely big surprises, only because it as a God of War game, like they they don't really they're never really rushed, you know. They never really have problems. I know that we it's not exactly a gigantic sample size that we have, but it's true. How the first one came out, I mean, Jesus Christ, that thing was huge. Whenever that game came out, like everybody loved it. The second yeah. one, same thing, Chains of Olympus. Whenever they said that it was coming out for PSP, that one was huge. Um, the what is the other one? Three. I mean, th- three was one of the first games. I, f- I felt like that and MGS4 were the ones that pushed the PS3. Oh my god! Yeah, were like this is yeah, this is a stronger system than the Xbox. Yeah, that was yeah, that's true. Like three, wow, that may have been the most, the most correct thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. But, I mean, it's yeah, holy crap. Because I'm trying now. I'm I'm just stuck on that. Like, are there any games that really put? Oh uh, well. Okay, this doesn't really count, but The Last of Us. The Last of Us really pushed PlayStation 3, but at the same time, like, it was on, it was at the tail end of it. Like, for all intents and purposes, The Last of Us should have never even been on the PlayStation 3, in all honesty. Yeah. But all right. You're right. <laughs> next. Um, so, next up is uh, The Lesser Known. So, this week. Um, game that I wanted to talk about on the lesser known uh, was one that I've been actually bringing up for a while. And I can't really <laughs> think of something, and I end up thinking of something better. 
But now is the time to finally talk about it. Um, so it's a game similar in style to God of War. That's why I wanted to talk about it this week. It's a little game called Otogi. So this is an Xbox One or Xbox Original exclusive uh, developed by From Software, uh, my favorite developer, those that made Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Um, so this is like that old school, or not old school, but like that early 2000s action game similar to God of War, Ninja Gaiden, Devil May Cry, um, set in like feudal Japan with demons and, and that kind of stuff, and you cast magic. So it was a really cool game. Um, the sequel, I think, I, I played them both very briefly, and I think the sequel was like a little bit more refined um, and and a little bit better action, more more uh, action moments and stuff like that. Um, so if you're a fan of that classic action game style, you know, getting your ass kicked by huge bosses and slicing and dicing people up, um, like the good old Ninja Gaiden stuff, uh, it's definitely a super underappreciated game that I feel like most people have probably never heard of. Uh, but I think it's it ranks up there with the best of those. <laughs> so hopefully From Software finally brings it back someday. Hopefully. I, but that'll never, ever happen. You don't know that. That might be what they're teasing. Shadows die twice. Maybe. Because it is like in feudal Japan. So maybe. I'm actually really, now that you brought that up, I'm actually really disappointed that we haven't heard anything else about that. I mean, it's only been a couple months. Well, uh, like exactly one month. Yeah, but still. Uh, did, did you read the Wikipedia page on it? On which game? Atogi. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so did you read the other media? Because that's hilarious. <laughs> it's not in the... Wikipedia page I'm looking at. Which one are you looking at? Other media. What is this? Oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Famitsu released five promotional Atogi Cross Britney DVDs that contained a demo of Atogi, two trailers from the game, and two Britney Spears music videos and audio tracks. <laughs> so I think I think that music might have been in the game. Maybe, but... <laughs> Not really. Oh, that's funny. I I read. That's why I was laughing. I was like, "What? How does Britney Spears come into this?" But yeah, I don't really think there's an easy way to to play this game anymore. It's not on Xbox um, backwards compatibility, which they just introduced the original. So hopefully, we see it come back. Um, they did bring you back Phantom Dust, so. I guess there's always hope. Yeah. I mean, you never know. But super underappreciated. Check it out if you're able. Um, so, yeah, that's about all I had for it. Awesome. So, <clears throat> yeah, we don't have any closing words. I guess we can park the bus. Uh... Yeah, I guess so. I'm just going to let you know, though, that this just brings on a whole nother, like, talk about the the Wikipedia wormhole, rabbit hole, I mean. 
Because like I'm, where are you going? I'm now on the Britney Spears Wikipedia page. So Why are you there? I don't know. Honestly, because for a second there, because I, I <laughs> because <laughs> because I was really curious how tall she was. <laughs> and I thought I would have it on here, but it doesn't. So now I'm. Now I'm just like without going to the URL, I'm trying to like search around. And the reason why, for the record, before this gets taken out of context, is because um, I went to um, a wax museum at one point in my life, and they had a wax version of Britney Spears, and I thought she was like nearly like extremely short, like extremely short. Like I'm saying, like. 411 dude and i don't believe that that's how tall she is i was like huh i wonder if that was accurate hmm. now i'm on guinness world records she, i don't i feel like i've never seen her stand next to anybody so i don't have a frame of reference uh, all right let's park this bus all right where can people find us at um, wikipedia so not Wikipedia, I don't think. Um, subscribe to the Kodak Call on your podcast app on the iPhone, Google Play Store on your Android phone, or go straight to soundcloud.com slash ztargeting. Um, follow us on Twitter at ztargeting2016. I'm at LukeDollar23 on Twitter. Dakota, you're at FoxDie89. Uh, Buck is at Brow Gaming, And then uh, Martinez, who we'll, we will probably be collaborating with more in the future, he is at CrayZero on Twitter. Um, so that's where you can check us out. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. And we will catch you next time.